Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. To get you the sports and win that he can. It's Mike Francis on. All right, we come to you on this Friday night, a rainy one, as a matter of fact, depending how bad it is, depending where you are. So it comes and goes. It's been that kind of day. But, hey, you can't complain. The weather has been not the issue. There's a lot of things to complain about this year. The weather the last two months has not been uh, part of it. We have had plenty, plenty of sunny days. We've had enough sun to go around, and uh, we are looking at uh, really experiencing one of the few washout days we've had the entire last two months so uh, we desperately need the rain you hear that all the time although when it comes uh, in droves like this it doesn't do the do its work because it runs off but uh, flooding in parts depending where you are you know you could get flooding in one spot and then not in another I know New Jersey got hit very hard and uh, we haven't gotten it that badly on Long Island at least not where I am uh, but we've gotten a lot of rain today and uh, tomorrow's hit or miss if you're playing golf tomorrow morning I would think I would think that it looks like you can be able to get the golf in if you play in the morning. The chance of showers in the afternoon. But I would think that the courses wouldn't be closed, uh, even though we had a lot of rain today. And we could have you know upwards of inches and inches of rain, which would normally close the course. But I would think that they've been so dry. You know what? you got a good chance the course could be open tomorrow. It might be a little soggy in a couple of spots. But I would think, uh, depending where you play, you got a good chance to get your Saturday game in uh, because of the fact the courses have uh, just needed – they've gotten so much play, first of all. Whether you're talking public courses or private courses, they've gotten so much inordinate play this this spring and early summer because golf's one thing people have had a lot of time on their hands for, and they've been able to sneak out in the afternoons. And uh, there's not even things for you to go watch as far as you know your kids having games or practices or having to take them places. So golf has – gotten a lot of action and golf courses in the metropolitan area have gotten a tremendous amount of rounds played on them so uh they could use this respite they could they use could use a day off they got it today uh and i would think you got a very good chance that if you have a saturday uh, morning game which i do i, I would think you got a good chance to play it tomorrow morning it might be a little like i said wet in spots but i would think you got a chance to uh, get out there tomorrow unless it's, unless the rain holds over. It's supposed to stop about 4 o'clock in the morning completely. 
uh, and they're all flash floods. You know, we lost power for a minute and came back on just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, but depending where you are, winds are gusting around. So drive safe. Uh, be careful because there are, you know, squalls here and there, and uh, you could run into patches of where there are, is a lot of water. So just be careful. Um, I was wondering about Cano. Now, remember, they don't have to tell anybody if somebody tests positive. So uh, if he does have the virus, he's been gone for a couple of days now. If he does have the virus, they don't have to tell anybody. So we don't know, so he can play that game. Who knows what it is? Uh, you know, hasn't been around for a couple of days now, so I don't know where Robbie is. Usually he's around, so that's a little bit surprising. So we'll have to wait and see exactly what they tell us uh, about that. And uh, I've heard a lot of people questioning, and there's been a lot of conversation in the last couple of days about college football and what's going to happen here. They don't know. What these leagues have done is just buy a couple of minutes I told you when the Ivy jumped out quickly, it would be a major, major harbinger of things to come. It has been. I would think right now you've already seen them do away with non-conference games in a couple of the primary leagues. Not all the Power Five leagues, but a couple of them. They've also admitted that that could be just the first step, and even not playing is a real step. Everything's a real step, folks, okay? And the ACC and Big 12 said they won't make a decision on the league and on fall play until the last week in July. They're trying to hold off as long as they possibly can. Um, there's a good chance you could see Cosmopol move to the spring where it would culminate in the spring. would probably start in the winter and culminate in the spring. It is a very big business. It is a tremendous amount of revenue and colleges are getting, except for the very, very wealthy ones that have enormous endowments, and that's the Yale and Harvard and Princeton and Texas A&M, et cetera, except the ones that do, a lot of the colleges are feeling the pinch. A lot of the athletic departments are feeling the pinch. And college football is a very big part of that. They did not have the NCAA tournament last year, which funds a lot of programs. And gets to every trickles down to everybody. Now college football is a little different, but it's still a very big amount of money, especially for the Power Five conferences, and it funds a lot of things in these athletic departments. And a lot of those things are very much up in the air right now. So um, it's a very tricky time for every sport. Nobody knows exactly what's going on yet. Nobody has a complete grip day-to-day on what's happening. There are things that come up almost daily. Players opting out, which you continue to see today, Buster Posey. Um, There'll be more. There's only been a handful of prominent players that I I would say you're probably looking at, what, six, seven players so far who have been prominent who have opted out um, for a variety of reasons. You have Desmond, you have Hernandez, you have Markakis, you have Price, you have Zimmerman, now you have Buster Posey. Um, You will have more. You will have more test positive. We don't know what's going on with Cano right now. Um, that will be a factor. Everything leading right up to the date two weeks from now, or 13 days from now, will be a major, major factor. And you're just going to have to play it by ear. Nobody knows for sure. And we'll see what happens. I, I, I would say now, each week you 
let the week go by and you take a look on the weekend and think if you've moved closer to playing or away from playing. Last week I thought we moved away from playing. This week I thought we moved a little closer to playing. I wouldn't call it automatic yet. Right now, do I think there'll be a baseball game in 13 days? I do, as of right this minute. I wouldn't. It's not automatic. Uh, but I, right now, I would, I would say yes rather than no, based on what I've seen so far in the last 10 days or so. I would think it's a possibility. But remember, there are still a lot of things that can go on here. So, um, again, we're going to take this right to the wire, and we're going to do what we've been doing. Basically roll with whatever the news is and what we have to do to get through that day. That's all you can do. You know, it it does not feel, at least in my existence or in my uh, experiences of what's gone on here in the last couple of weeks, other than going to the golf course, which is the easiest and most natural place to go right now and the smoothest place to go to, I haven't, you know, malls haven't been opened up yet. Now they're starting to open uh, around here. Uh, the stores, you get to the store and you can't even go in because basically if there's a couple people in the store, you got to wait on line outside. Who wants to go wait on line outside a store for a half hour to go in the store and spend money? I mean, that's ridiculous. I went to a store this morning and they said, oh, you can't come in. You have to call in the order and then you have to pick it up. I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, so, hey, nothing's back to normal, not in any real way. Uh, so we're a long way from that. And... All you can do is just take it one day at a time and see what happens. But we're 13 days away from, hopefully, the start of uh, the baseball season. And, uh, again, we'll see what happens as we uh, try to get there. As far as golf this week, remember they're playing, which I don't like, playing back-to-back weeks in Muirfield. Right now, Murakawa leads. uh, He's 13 under. I saw Taylor and a couple other guys were 9 under. Uh, not a decorated leaderboard chasing him right now. He opened up and has had two great rounds. Par 72, he's been 65-66 the first two days, so he's opened up very, very strong. You know, he's a wonderful uh, tee to green player. Really uh, hits his irons pure as pure. As pure. And uh, it can be deadly when he's on his game. And right now he is after uh, two rounds with a 13 under and a uh, right now four-stroke lead going in. At least I'm not sure everybody's finished yet, but right now it's four strokes. There might be a couple of guys still on the course as he heads towards uh, the weekend. So that's where we are. We'll take you to seven. Casamigos Tequila, as always, brings you the program. Brought to you by those who drink it. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Get your calls in if you want to jump aboard right now. Uh, Saratoga opens next Thursday, the 16th. No fans. I know. I know that it's heartbreaking for a lot of people, but no fans. Um, I know people are hoping that will change during the meet. I don't think it will. I don't think that will happen. Um, uh, I think to do anything and change midstream would be very difficult for that meet. It opens July 16th. It closes, obviously, Labor Day, uh, Monday, which is September 7th. There will be all the big races will be run. Some will be run less a purse, obviously, since they don't have as much money. But for the most part, they will run all the big races that you used to. Uh, opening day will be the Skylerville and the Peter Pan. Uh, the Whitney will be the 1st of August. 
The Travis will be the eighth. Uh, the Alabama will be the fifteenth. The four star Dave will be the twenty second. I think we'll send uh, most likely have Costa Creed running in the four star Dave. Um, he won uh, grade two last. He won the Hall of Fame race there last year, and he'll go after the four star Dave this year. Uh, the Jim Dandy's on the fifth. The Hopefuls obviously on the seventh. Uh, so um, it's still good racing. You can follow it every day. You can wager on it every day. You can you know get involved every day, but you can't go there. So it's not the same. Now you still go to Saratoga. You just can't go to the track. If that's too tantalizing, hey, you can go over to Ciro's. I know some guys are doing that, and they're going to sit in the backyard and put a big, they put a big screen in there, and they're going to watch the races at zeros. <laughs> so that's crazy, um, but they're going to do that. But uh, you know, some people just can't miss Saratoga. So um, I know a couple people who are doing that. So um, from that standpoint, uh, it's just a very different year. But what else is new? We've all had to adjust to everything this year, and you know, for the most part. For the most part, I think people have done a very good job. You know, I think if you went back to March and looked at it and said, you're going to be, you're only going to have this to do. And the kids aren't going to have school and they're going to have anything to do. And you're going to have that. I think everybody's handled it pretty well. You know, hopefully the virus hasn't knocked on your door, but it's knocked on enough doors, that's for sure. And it continues to knock on plenty of doors, so be careful. Don't let your guard down now because we're not there yet by any stretch. We're not there. And that's a big part of this is that if you look in a lot of places where they need to go play, they are having you know surges of cases every day. And hospitals in some of these areas are extended to say the least. So this is becoming a, a major issue. You know, we went through our surge early. Uh, we've learned to handle things better. And I do think a couple of things have happened here, which have at least brought the death rate down to a level, not a level you can live with, but at least not a level where you're shaking your head every day. Two things. Number one, the people who are getting it are much younger by generality than they were before, maybe even, according to reports, 25 years younger so they can handle the virus better. Number two, I think the protocol in the hospitals, they know what to do now more than they did in the beginning. Uh, You hear doctors talking about early use of steroids, uh, early use of certain things they didn't use in the beginning, not relying just on the ventilator because the ventilator was the quarter last resort and it wasn't working very well. So I think they know how to keep you alive in the hospital. I think they, because our medicine is so good, they, we have come up with a, not a cure, but a better protocol. So we are keeping people alive. But the death rate is still alarming and the number of people getting it is outrageously high. So we have a lot of work to do. And this is still the first wave. I mean, this is not, you know, Fashi was on the other day, and I know he's broken ranks with the president. They, uh, you know, they haven't even talked, supposedly. Fashi said he hasn't talked to the president about anything in two months. So um, he said we're still knee-deep in it, and he's still very concerned. And he says this is not a second wave. This is still the first wave. So we've got to be very, very careful 
this uh, this fall when it gets a little cooler. I don't know if the 90-degree temperatures is helping or not. Who knows, you know. But look at, look at Florida as an example. You know, the NBA is staking everything on Orlando, and Orlando is a, is a city that's not doing well. You know, the cities in Florida aren't doing well. Uh, the cities in Texas, cities in Arizona, you know, California, etc. All right, let's start with Paul. Uh, what's up, Paul? Hey, Mike. Good afternoon. What's happening? Um, this Big Ten conference schedule, this is only a nine-game schedule. Well, we don't know that yet. It's not nothing no, set. It, it no, 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 that's not true. It's not true. I talked to someone from Ohio State today. They said that there's still a very good chance they might not even play. Okay, hold on. Last night, it was dropped. Um, I'm here at the university. Yeah, but it's not, not they're not officially playing yet. All they've done is, is put forth an idea. They're not making any decisions yet. They're not making a decision on playing yet. They're not, nothing's in ground, nothing is in stone yet that they're playing. I understand, but Mike, yesterday afternoon, they dropped the schedule. And it was, I understand that. It's, it's started, it's starting on October. 3rd. I understand, but it's not, again, how many times are you going to say the same thing, Paul? We know what they did, but they also said that it's not in granite that they're playing. It's, this is what their plan is if they play. It's not official yet that they're playing. Nobody has stated we are playing. Nobody. Leagues are putting it off as far as they can. Yes, we know what they did to amend the schedule. I understand that. Conference games only, I understand that. But it's not official yet that anybody is playing. They're hoping to play, but they will make a final determination. They have not made that yet. You had a couple of guys, a couple of ADs in the league talk about it today saying, hey, we could still not play. So we don't know yet for sure. Again, you take it one day at a time. Now, this plan is not a great plan either. There's a lot of issues that have to be worked out with what we talked about just with these conferences playing just, not, just uh, conference games. Kevin and East Rutherford, what's up, Kevin? Oh, Mike, before I get to my point, I just want to thank you and commend you for all this coverage over the last few months on the coronavirus. You've really done an awesome job, and it's been a great listen, and I appreciate all your insight on that. Okay, what's up? Uh, Mike, you know, as we try to reopen here, and they've done a good job in the New York metro area, what is the overall outlook you think for a lot of these leagues that want to open, but we don't know if they're going to open? And how much of an what does this impact the most financially? Does it hurt the NFL if they can't start? Will it hurt baseball? It hurts. It hurts. It hurts every. I mean, listen. Every league has their own thing. Every league has their own issues. None of these leagues are in a good place right now. Obviously, none of their broadcast partners are in a good place right now. So they're trying to salvage what they can from this season. Right now, the one in the best place is the NFL because they haven't been damaged yet. They have not been hurt in any way. Baseball's had a a truncated season down to 60 games. The, The NBA and obviously hockey have lost revenue. Football hasn't lost anything yet. They haven't had anything problem any problems yet. They were in the right spot at the right time. 
So they're in the best place, but that doesn't mean they're going to be in a better place come January. We'll see. And which league, if the question is which league can survive the easiest without playing for the, first, for the year, I think that's very relative. It's very relative to the sport. It's very relative to the, uh, what the players make. Uh, it, it, you know, they're all in very different positions. They all will be hit very, very hard. There's no question. Tommy and Parsippany, what's up, Tommy? Hi, Mike. Thanks for taking yeah. the call. What's happening? Um, I think one sport that has actually gained over this terrible tragedy is horse racing. Um, I'm a horse better. Mm-hmm. I know you like to go to the track. And watching on TV, seeing the pools at the tracks that have no no fans are gigantic. I think some more people, maybe some younger people who like to gamble, maybe went over the horse racing during this. Oh, I'm yeah, there's a couple of things that have happened here. I mean, I think you're absolutely you right. Number, when it goes I, back? That I don't know. Will it, has, has horse racing seen new players? Yes, because it has been one of the few things that you can do, just like uh, day trading has become very popular again in the stock market because people found, wait a second, I can have an interest here during the day. I can get involved. I can trade some stocks. I can, you know, well, you know, yeah, it is gambling. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's a different form of gambling, but it is gambling. And you've seen a return of of day traders, which you have not had really at the same level for a lot of years. You've also seen golf gain in popularity, both in terms of, Every golf course, go to any golf course. I belong to a couple. Talk to anybody who plays at uh, public courses. Talk to anybody who belongs to private courses. Our courses that I play on, especially one, has had more action in terms of rounds this year. But it's probably already had as many rounds this year as it had all last year. That's how busy the courses are. The, the courses are jammed. Absolutely jammed. And that's because it's one of the things you can get out there and do. You can get out in the fresh air, you can socially distance, and you can go out and play golf. So that uh, golf has been a, uh, a recipient of a lot of attention, and it has created, I think, new golfers and new golf fans. I think that's the case. Um, again, hey, nothing is normal. Saratoga is not going to be Saratoga without anybody in the without thirty thousand people in the stands and the ambiance and what you get there every year. It's not going to be the same. That city's not going to be the same. That track's not going to be the same. Nothing's the same. You try to make the best of it. That's all. Everything has been hampered. Everything has been cut back. Everything has been altered. You try to do the best with what you can. That's all you can do in this in this scenario. So nothing is the same. I mean, we know that. You try, like I said, you try to make the best with what you have. Art Manhattan, what's up, Art? Hi. Yes, Art. Uh, hi, Mike. Uh, first of all, you're the best sports talk radio guy I ever lived. That's why I've listened to you for decades. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's also why I have to play a little devil's advocate as a sure. fan and a customer of pro sports. Good. Uh, you you have pointed out how important it is psychologically for the games, especially the live games, to come back. Right. Now, as a, as a longtime fan, I have to admit that if baseball is going to have such a short season, if football and a number of other sports are going to have rules that make the games not entertaining, as a customer, I would rather turn on YouTube and look at MSG and other networks and watch the classic games and have 
the leagues come back when they can sell me, and we know it's about money, when they can sell me a product that I as a customer would fully enjoy. I don't have a problem with if that's what you believe, but I can tell you this, uh, Art, you watch. If baseball comes back in two weeks, the ratings will be unbelievable. Unbelievable. They, they will not believe how many people will be there to watch the games. Uh, we have been watching the same reruns. We've been watching every show that uh, Amazon, Netflix, uh, you know, go through every one. Hulu, Roku, go through any one you want to talk about. Disney can put up there. Okay? We've exhausted every series. We've gone back and watched old stuff. You've done everything you can possibly do. Game, putting live games on at night will be incredibly, incredibly appealing. And there's nothing like real games. What sports has as an incredible advantage is it's live and it's unscripted. And now wagering on it has become very prominent too. But that's not the point I'm making because not everybody who watches baseball bets on it. I'm not trying to say it does. Okay, football, a lot more. Baseball, no. There's a lot of fans out there that never bet a dime on a baseball team. Never. So I'm not talking about that. But the bottom line is uh, the numbers will be enormous because people have been dying to see a sporting event. When the NBA comes back and plays the playoffs, the numbers, I think, will be outstanding. Same thing. Hockey, same way. Numbers will be up for all these sports. Absolutely. In a very, very big way. People are starved. They're absolutely starved for live sports. Hey, it's been since the middle of March. March, no NCAA tournament, no opening day, no Masters, no Kentucky Derby, no Stanley Cup playoffs, no NBA playoffs, and on and on and on. People... I've had enough. They can't wait to get the games back. Back after this. Take you till 7, JJ, at that time. Uh, Sal and Sabil, what's up, Sal? Hey, Mike. Uh, you and your family have a good weekend. Thank um, you. Just touching on what that last caller was saying, Mike, about horse racing and golf. It's kind of funny, you know, um, two sports I love, but, you know, you know, coworkers, friends, people, you know, who knew Tiger Woods, you know, all of a sudden talking about, you know, Hadwin and Taylor. They're doing their drafting <laughs> lineup, uh, the whole nine. And then, it's good, you know, good for the sport. Oh, it's great. It's yeah. great. And, and you know what? It's given two sports that maybe, you know, were a tiny bit on the back burner, giving them some, uh, you know, putting them in the forefront here. And you mentioned, uh, you know, the, it's, well, I guess on Wall Street, they're calling them the Robin Hood investors. But yeah, speaking yeah. of gambling, you have DraftKings, you have Hertz Rental Car, which obviously isn't sports related. But you have these stocks that are flying, you know, and, and uh, like you said, a lot of people out of work, home, yada, yada, and that's what you get. You got a lot of, a lot of day traders again now, uh, and you're right. You got a lot of people dabbling in horse racing. You got people wagering on golf who never did, you know, with obviously the, you know, the DraftKings and FanDuel, et cetera, et cetera. You're right. Uh, and that will get overshadowed a little bit when the others come back. I mean, it will. Uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, uh, but let's see what happens. But has it been a good thing for golf? I think it's been good for golf. I think it has. I think golf's done a good job of presenting these tournaments. Now, the tournaments haven't been very compelling. That's been a problem. I mean, they've, they've just killed these courses, which to me gets a little boring. But, uh, you know, the bigger, the bigger events are coming. Um, Derby right around the corner, you know, before you know it. 
Labor Day. Uh, the Travers, we'll see what happens there. Um, again, uh, you know, it's a different year, a very different year, a very different schedule. Uh, but uh, it's a, you know, look where the Masters is in November. So it's a, it's a strange year. You know, it will be if all these sports play and everybody gets through and completes and then the NBA and then the NFL starts and we have the schedule we have, we are going to have a, you know, August is usually, unless you're in Saratoga, is a quiet month waiting for, you know, you got your baseball season in the dog days, waiting for the pennant race of September. If, you know, then the Yankees usually are solidly in front and the Mets are trying to get the, their way into the postseason. Uh, and the Yankees have, you know, earned their playoff berth, just wondering whether they're going to win the division. Um, but you're waiting for the... NFL season to start this year. I mean, you're going to have a lot of wild events being played in August and September, the Derby uh, Labor Day weekend, the Masters in November. I mean, stuff that is very, very different than we've had in the past. Extremely different. Um, One of the things that people haven't paid enough attention to, though, is what you're asking of these players you're asking these players to live under a protocol that keeps them from having any chance of being contaminated or hit with the virus. You are asking young men, a lot of them who are different, used to very different lifestyles as far as their nights go, to be very, very good and very disciplined for a lot of nights. And if they're not, it could be a problem. So behavior is going to play a a role in this thing. Do not think it's not. It is. And the leagues know this. And they're very conscious of it uh, in all sports. But especially where they're trying to create scenarios where, you know, and environments where they feel like they've created a bubble. Hey, that bubble can change very quickly. Mike and Sherman, what's up, Mike? Yeah, you know, the sympathy for the NBA players only goes so far, Mike. Because first, of I don't. All, I, now, who's asking for sympathy? I don't. I don't remember anybody ever bringing sympathy here, into it. Here's, here's my. Here's the thing, Rajon Rondo. Who said sympathy? Let, let me let me get to it. Yeah. Rajon so I know. No, you you want to make a point as anti NBA player, but no one made any point that was pro NBA player. So go ahead. This is the pro- this is the problem. The trendy thing now, not just NBA players, but the soccer players that are down there posting pictures about their conditions that they're living in and the food that they're having. First of all, they had the option to opt in or opt out. Second of right. all, what did they think they were going to? Wait, 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 what do you? So yeah. listen, if some player who's used to a. A, a suite is staying in a bad room and he posts a picture of it. Who cares? I mean, why would I that bother you? Because it bothers but wait, but why would it bother you? you know, I'll tell you, you why. First of all, why would you even look at it? I mean, I, I wouldn't even pay attention to it. I didn't look at it. I happened to see it on the New York Post. It was one of the headlines. So, well, you know, who cares? So, listen, I, I never said the players weren't spoiled. But here's the problem. You have doctors who, you know, are working 25 hours. I understand that. Mike, Mike, no one one needs a sociology lesson. So you go, here, Mike, here's what you just did. You're going to break a lot of ground here by telling us that major league professional athletes are spoiled. Wow. What a shock. We're all stunned that... You're going to tell me that our professional athletes who are rich and pampered beyond any possible, you know, real thoughts in life. I mean, way past anything that anyone normally can even dream about. And you think that's a headline? 
that they're going to compl- that they're walking into a situation where they're going to have to live on a little little more elementary level and a little more you know a lower level in terms of hotel rooms and where they're going to live for a couple of months you know they're going to complain they're spoiled they're going to complain they're not all going to complain but some of them are going to complain who cares in one ear out the other who cares do you think i'm worried about whether in fact rajon rondo's got a good hotel room what do i care you know what i guarantee you lebron james got a good hotel room so you know what be a better player so, hey, who cares? They're getting paid. They're playing. That would go for me in one ear, out the other. What do I care whether they complain? The bigger problem they're going to have there is if you think all those guys are going to stay inside that bubble at all times, <laughs> they know better. That's where the problems start. Dan in Hoboken, what's up, Dan? Hey, Mike, how you doing? What's happening? Uh, I got a question for you. So I'm, I'm 31 years old, and um, obviously I wasn't alive for 1981. Uh, I didn't even know this, but I didn't realize that was a shortened season as well. Yeah, it was, it was, yes. 90 yes. regular season game, 90 regular it was season game. It was a strikes here, yes. They played two halves. So let me ask you. So a lot of a lot of people I've been talking to, they've been saying, you know, the, champion, the World Series champion this year is kind of going to have an asterisk to it. I'm curious, what was the feel and what was the sense in 81? Did people think... There were a lot of people who... First of all, some people liked the way it worked. They thought it was exciting because they played two seasons. They played two halves. So they thought that was exciting. Uh, But remember, they did play a lot more games than they planned to play this year. So, But there were people then who were upset with it because, hey... You know, that was the second time. You know, there had been a stoppage in 72 for a week. And then there was 81. And obviously then what happened in the 90s, uh, but which was, what was that, 232 days or whatever that was. Um, There was a reaction to it. It's not as stark as this. But like I said, some people like that season. Nobody got to the end of the year that year and didn't feel that the champion was valid, though. Not one person. And I'll tell you this. Nobody is going to get to the end of the year this year and care whether anybody thinks their championship is valid. Because when the playoffs, which are going to be conducted under normal conditions, if they happen, they're going to crown a champion and they're going to feel like a champion. That's not going to be a problem. The regular season is going to be a bit of a joke on every level. It might be exciting, but it's got to be taken with a grain of salt. It's a 60-game jaunt to the playoffs is what it is. And if they could have made it shorter and got away with it, they would have. Bob and Monticello, what's up, Bob? Hey, Mike. You know, I was watching the 52 World Series, which I'd never seen before, and it was awesome and great. And um, the one thing that sticks out, in addition to how young Billy Martin was, was as great as it was, obviously the camera, angle, everything, it's ancient, you know, uh, as great as it is. And so my question was this, is I was thinking, moving forward, the idea of kind of having the next leap, tiny, small, almost weightless little cameras in everybody's uniform could transform and make it so much more immersive and awesome, the viewing experience, while we're all stuck at home. I know, I know. You know, that that stuff never excites me. You know, putting a helmet camera. To me, they have enough cameras on these games. They cover these games brilliantly. The technology is unbelievable. 
instant replay, which changed. Every, there's two things that changed everything. In, in, well, there's really, in baseball, the center field camera also changed everything. But there's two things in sports that changed everything in viewing sports. The isolation and the instant replay. That changed sports viewing forever. And in baseball, the center field camera changed everything too. But in other sports, it's two things. The, the ability to do ISOs on certain players, having an isolation on a certain player with a camera, so an ISO, and the other is instant replay. That changed sports viewing forever. I want to throw in the third, which would be slow motion, okay? But really, it's instant replay and the ISO. Those are the two. Robin and Rochelle, what's up, Rob? Hey, Mike, good luck in the... Good luck in a water down Saratoga. It's going to be sad. To yeah, watch listen, I, 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 we got a couple of good horses running up there. We got a very promising two-year-old named Repo Rocks who's going to run the first week. He is a very, very talented colt. We have uh, Secret Rules, who's a really legitimate good sprinter. And we got Casa Creed, who won a grade two last year on the turf there. So we're going after the four-star Dave. So we got a chance to win a couple of good races up there this year. Yeah, be excited. I mean, what I was saying, like you just talk about all these sports coming back at the same time, right? The the, the, the size of the pie, the sports wagering that's available, to be tremendous. And you got these dopes in New York who worry about painting streets and taking statues down. When sports wagering, right now with the there's nothing there. Get that in here so people. Andrew dropped the ball. Andrew dropped the ball. Listen, hey, hey, they, 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 well, this is not the mayor. This is on the governor because this is a state. This is a state issue, and I'm not a governor, the fan of the mayor, but this is a governor issue. The bottom line is the legislature in New York and the governor have dropped the ball on this. They are desperately in need of cash, and when you realize. That you would, you are the bonanza. You are what every one of these companies can't wait for, and that is New York to be online with gambling. New Jersey's huge only because New York isn't available. Half that wagering comes from New York. They know it. New York will be the absolute plum, and California will be big too when it gets online eventually because of the enormity of the state. But you're, listen, you're absolutely right. In a time when they need the money desperately, not to have New York online is insane. It is such a absolute dereliction of duty on their part. Listen, they're going to do it. It's not like they're not going to do it anyway. They are going to do it. It's not like they're saying we're never doing this. We're taking a moral stand. Not true. They are going to do it. And when they do it, they're going to have given up all these years of revenue that they desperately need. So do it quickly. It should have been done already. I completely agree. Absolutely, completely agree. Erin and Charlotte, what's up, Erin? Hey. Hey, Mike. Happy Friday. Thank you. How are you? Good. Great. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Um, My pleasure. I talked to you a couple years ago. I think I was on a, a ride road trip to uh Steelers game. So yeah, I'm a Steelers okay. fan. But, but Mike, you know, honestly, we're all sweating it out. Like, are we going to have a football season? What's it going to look like? And, uh, you know, being a, a big Ben fan, I'm curious uh, to hear about your feedback on, on him and maybe they're a rebound season. We got Phil Rivers uh, that draft us from 20, 2004 and obviously Eli's out, but Listen, I think I think Ben still got. I, I am a big 
listen, I, I haven't always loved what Ben has done off the field. Okay, he's had a lot of growing up to do. He's done some bad things, but I've always been a big fan of Ben as a player. Ben has always been a really a great, great player. He's done a great job as a player. He's been an exciting player. Um, I think he's had a great career. I think he's had a Hall of Fame career. So um, uh, I've always liked watching him. I think he's now. He hasn't always been the most consistent player in the world, as we know, but he's got a lot of talent, and I think he's got another good year left in him. I don't know if he's got two. Maybe he's got two. We'll see. Um, The team has puzzled me. The team has puzzled me because it uh, it let Bell and Brown disrupt the team and then leave. It really should have been much better than it's been in recent years. Tomlin is a very talented coach. He's a talented leader, but I don't think he's done a great job with the team the last couple of years. Now they've got some very good young defenders again. If they can get Ben back, being Ben, I think they have a uh, chance to be an improved team. I think Pittsburgh's always a dangerous team. I don't think they're to the level where they're going to play with Kansas City, though, uh, or Baltimore. I, I think, you know, those two, and, and I would not count New England out yet, but I think there's a very, very good chance, and thanks for the call, very good chance that uh, Kansas City will be back in the Super Bowl this year. It's very hard to repeat. It's very hard to get back there, but I think right now, Andy had a, it took him a long time to get one. I would not be surprised if he got back-to-back ones. I really wouldn't. I think they, they can do that. I, I, I would not be shocked if they were able, if they were able to do that. And um, I have to admit, wouldn't surprise me. Really wouldn't. Um, pop up one more for me before we go because the screen is not working right now, so just tell me who it is. Just give me a call. All right, John, go ahead, John. How are you doing, Mike? Good, John. I want to know, Mike, when the, when the basketball, if we do have any basketball or baseball, how are the athletes, are they going to be sharp? Are they going to be like, you're going to see like a lot of, not in shape, like look, Zion Williams, they have weight problems, LeBron. Are they going to be in shape? Are you going to see yes. a lot of sharp playing basketball? I don't think there's any question. I've asked that question, and everything I've heard is that these guys, first of all, Nobody works harder than LeBron James. Nobody's more committed than LeBron James. The guy's always in great shape. Um, That's the guy you don't even have to ask about. His level of dedication, his level of commitment is incredible at at this age. It really is. I mean, he deserves everything he gets because nobody, nobody works harder than he does uh, in terms of conditioning, in terms of how hard he plays. Uh, nobody wants it more. So I think from that standpoint, there's not a more dedicated player anywhere uh, than, than he is. And I think he really wants to win another one. It clearly does. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to because there's going to be some tough matchups for them. There's no question. But it's going to be fun to watch. And hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, we're going to see them go a long way this year and see some great series. Mo in Brooklyn, if you're there, go ahead, Mo. How are you? Great, great show as normal. I'm going to make three points. Mike. The first one's really moot, but it's something that's interesting. Go ahead. In Japan, I've watched a couple of games where the umpire actually has a camera on his helmet. Okay. It's interesting to see the flight of the ball. Okay. Number two, and the third point's for you, but number two is I think that replays destroyed all sports, to be honest, oh. which is good as it is, the application, oh. the way they use it, 
making it a how could you watch a Mo? How could you watch a football game without replay? Well, no, I'm not saying I'm not talking about replay for officiating. Only because they've made it. Oh, oh no, you're talking about replay as a tool for officials. I'm talking yeah. about instant replay as a viewer watching oh, okay. instant replay. When they put instant replay into when instant replay came into television, when. The two oh, things, yeah, yeah, that yeah. changed. And thanks for the call. That changed viewing on television. Changed it completely. You went from watching a game to being able to see the play over and over, and then see the play from different angles. And then came the ISOs. So you got to see ISOs on certain players. Here we have the camera on this player. So that so you got the ISO cameras, and then you have the instant replay, which completely changed American television from a sports standpoint. Changed it completely. Hey, the reason I can't, I don't like going to a football game is I can't watch the game. I spend the whole time looking for a camera so I can see the replay of the play. You get so conditioned to watching football that way. You know, you watch the first play, and then you dig in and watch the replay and find out what really happened. You need to see replay. That's why I, I really don't like being at games live because I miss replay terribly. It enhances my ability to, to watch and analyze the game because you see everything on the second time. You know, you need to see it. Football is so fast, and you're not going to see everything that happens that, you know, having replay and ISOs give you a chance to really see what is going on. I mean, now you can go back and watch the coaches' uh, tapes or films, whatever you want to call it, called tapes because there's no more film, but you can watch the old 22s and see what the coaches see now. There are places where you can watch that. Um, it gives you a view of things that you don't usually see, but watching at home, the ability now that they have and the number of cameras they have, the technology they have, and it's just going to get better. The technology is going to continue to improve. Your home experience is going to get better and better. And that's why one of the biggest problems that owners are going to have is getting fans into the stadium and enhancing them to come to the stadium, to pay to go there, to sit in traffic, all the things. You know, when you're home and you're doing a football game, you sit down at 5-1, to one, the game's over at uh, 4.20, and you're done. You didn't have to put two hours in before and two hours in after getting home or going to the game. That changes things a lot, especially when the quality of the product at home is as good as it is. Add interactive, add the ability to bet from home, add interactive, which will be coming in the days ahead in technology, and it will make the home experience even better. Casamigos Tequila, as always, brings you the program brought to you by those who drink it. JJ's next. I'll be off next week. I'll see you the 20th of July. Enjoy, everybody. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.